Hello, 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 everyone. You are now tuning into Frida's World Podcast, a platform where women of color can have open, honest, and candid discussions about our experiences being professional women in this 21st century. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host, CEO, and founder of Frida Women NYC, a fashion brand that sets out to motivate and instill confidence in professional women through the use of fashion accessories. So if you're looking for ways to enrich your life, enhance your personal skills, or hell, if you're looking to just have a good laugh, grab a big glass of something and join on in. This week's Frida Woman of the Week is Christina Jimenez. Christina Jimenez is a leader in the youth-led immigrant rights movement and instrumental in creating the DACA program. By sharing her own story of being undocumented, Jimenez inspired others to come forward and helped change the discourse on immigration. Christina Jimenez is the executive director and co-founder of United We Dream, UWD, the largest immigrant youth-led organization in the country. Originally from Ecuador, Jimenez came to the United States with her family at the age of 13, attending high school and college as an undocumented student. She has been organizing in immigrant communities for over a decade and was part of UWD's campaign team that led to the historic victory of Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals DACA program in 2012 that protected close to a million young immigrants from deportation. Under Jimenez's leadership, UWD has grown to a powerful network of 55 affiliates and 26 states with over 400,000 members. In October of 2017, Jimenez was named a MacArthur Foundation Fellowship Genius Grant recipient. She has also been named to many prestigious lists, including one of Forbes' 2014 30 Under 30 in the Law and Policy, among other things. She has appeared in hundreds of media outlets, including CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, NPR, Univision, and Telemundo. She serves on the board of directors of the National Committee for Responsible Philanthropy, Hazen Foundation, and Make the Road Action Fund. Christina Jimenez co-founded the New York State Youth Leadership Council. The Dream Mentorship Program at Queens College was an immigration policy analyst for the Drum Major Institute for Public Policy and an immigrant rights organizer at Make the Road New York. She holds a master's degree in public administration and public policy from the School of Public Affairs at Baruch College and a bachelor's in arts in political science and business from Queens College. Christina Jimenez, we definitely salute and commend you for all of your hard work, especially um, within immigration reform. As many people know, DACA is under attack along with temporary protective status for Haitian nationals, um, El Salvadorians, Nicaraguans, and several other groups. And it's great to see dynamic women such as yourself advocating and fighting for those who are voiceless, for those who, who, who are not able um, to to take a stand by themselves. Um, and just to let everyone know, this information about Christina Jimenez was taken from the National Women's History Project, which you can log on at www.nwph.org. All right. So I am here today with my boo thing. But for the to be professional, I guess, <laughs> I'm going to just say the strategic director. <laughs> At Frida's World Podcast slash Frida Women NYC, Julissa Joseph. Hello. Oh my God, crowds, relax. It's fine. It's fine. Slow down. It's cool. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Hello, world. I am so happy to see you. If you guys have not been tuning in, Julissa lives in Albany now. Her address is not playing around. <laughs> she lives in Albany now, so I haven't it's seen her. It's pretty small. They can find me. I haven't seen her in a while. The last time we actually did an episode, it was through Skype. Uh-huh. It was, I think you're the only Skype interview I've done so far. Well, I am a millennial, so I don't know. <laughs> how my people do (laughs) but um we're actually live and in person in my kitchen as she's (laughs) sipping water um (laughs) i'm so over you i can't even right now anyways (laughs) for the record i may be sipping water but i'm treating it as if i'm sipping the tea (laughs) 
Thank you, Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> Nini? Is that Nini's line? Or I don't know. Or, okay, or you bold... can't just be saying her name. We about to get copyrighted by Bravo and Andy Cohen. Oh, crap. That's right. Sorry, that's right. You didn't right. say her last name. Uh, I'm also apparently technically the legal advisor here. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We can't say her name. I mean, she's. We can't say people's names. I don't know. I only. I, you just I can't be throwing think, people's names out. I, I mean, yeah, like technically, she's probably out there for public consumption, but you know, she like to sue. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm over this. Anywho, <laughs> anywho. Well, today. Well, I mean, by the time you guys listen to this, it's not going to be the first day of the month. But either way, we're in Women's History Month. We're Yay! in March, which is strategically placed right after Black History Month. Yes. So a lot of our stuff get all will the be- minorities out of the way at one time. <laughs> What's after Mar- What's after Women's History Month, though? My birthday. <laughs> Whatever. For those who want to send gifts, we'll leave the address <laughs> at the end of this podcast. Anywho, it's Women's History Month. We want to talk about... We're going to talk about all things women, obviously. I mean, uh-huh. we're a women's empowerment, uh-huh. women's business, women everything, every all single day, right? lady stuff. However, it really is important, I think, um, that there's actually a month to kind of like showcase how important we are, right? To I recognize. Mean, yeah. yeah. To the rest of the world, to people who, you know, uh-huh. who don't really, you know, get into these things. This mm-hmm. is an opportunity for people to actually get their bit of history once yep. a year, right? Because after Women's History Month, how many people are really going to go and research and try mm-hmm. to, like, educate themselves on the contributions of women to our society, right? Agreed. And I think it shows in that you have... You know, I'm thinking specifically of government buildings, but you also have corporations who use this month as an opportunity to showcase um, amazing women in either their government or in their corporation to demonstrate the history of, you know, women empowerment and how women have been integral to either their corporations or government. So, you know, even if it's only a month, it's it's an opportunity um, to, to have a dedicated time period to showing off how amazing women are, which like, honestly, let's be honest, every day you wake up, you should think about the fact that you're only here because of a woman, but <laughs> let's have a whole month to it just to be absolutely sure. Just to be sure, right? Just if to you, be sure. If you didn't know how amazing women were before, mm-hmm. after this podcast, you should be clear. You should be clear. It's <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, so, I mean... With that being said, we're talking about women empowerment, mm, women everything. Mm. Let's All day, talk every about day. the essence of women in the movie Black Panther. Hashtag Wakanda forever. So obviously you saw it because if you didn't see it, I would revoke your black card. Oh, yes. If you did not see Wakanda. I'm sorry. Black <laughs> Panther. <laughs> I've personally been to Wakanda. No, if you have not seen Black Panther at this time, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if you're just comfortable missing out on the cultural conversation um, that it provides or you are comfortable with your black card being revoked. And just so you know, as a Haitian, I have authority to revoke black cards. That's a rule. <laughs> um, you know, first successful slave revolt, we have all the black cards. Um, but I think it would... I would be shocked at any any person, not even just a person of color who hasn't seen the movie yet, um, because it really is. It's more than a movie. It's more than a superhero movie. It's more than a Marvel movie. It's more than a comic book movie. It's a cultural moment. Yeah, it's, it's an, like experience. an experience. Yeah, yeah it's exactly it really what is. It is. And you know, I didn't go see the movie the first night or the mm-hmm. night before. Like I didn't have these private screening mm-hmm. tickets because I'm also not one of those people who likes to fall into the hype. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, they went to go see the movie, not even because they like really are Marvel fans mm-hmm. or the or even because they really had a real interest, but it was the thing to do, right? Like it, people were just like, listen, everybody's going to go see it. I got to go see it too. Everybody's going to wear kente cloth. Let me wear the kente cloth too. <laughs> Everybody's going to wear all black. Let me, you know, let me do all sorts of stuff. And it's cool. Like, I appreciate the camaraderie. I mm-hmm. appreciate the unity <laughs> that this movie created you within our community. <laughs> See, now, are we going to get copyrighted for that now? Or are we going to get... <laughs> no, there's that rule that says when it's been too long. Like, the song is too old. I don't know if that's a real rule is that a jaleesa rule or is that a real rule i was a ta in torts oh my god thank you 
And I'm, those of you who don't know what TA means, she's just trying to say she was a teaching assistant. She was a smarty pants in law school. That's that's all that she's really trying to say. Okay, I prefer to call it a gunner. Thank you. Gunner was not... See, we're going on tangents here. But anyways, real quick, gunner <laughs> is not a positive thing, first of all, okay? <laughs> gunner was never a positive thing. It is if you're a gunner. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're, we're, we're done. We're done. But, but yes. Black Panther. Yes, Black Panther. Back to the movie. So I didn't go see it on opening night. Uh-huh. I waited about a week to go see it because I just needed it to be even though it wasn't like mm-hmm. calm but it wasn't crazy either like I wasn't online for like 20-30 minutes just mm-hmm. to enter mm-hmm. into the movie you're theater. good because I definitely bought my advance tickets a month before <laughs> or two months I was ready did they ready. really sell the tickets two months beforehand however early they sold it I bought it I can't. <laughs> I honestly can't remember but um, I, I bought it pretty early on and I, I specifically, I didn't, I didn't choose opening night just cause I don't want to have to deal with the opening night craziness. I chose like the Saturday afterward mm-hmm. after it. Um, but I, it was important for me to see it one, because I mean, I am a Marvel fan. I do watch the Marvel movies, me right? too. like, you know, nerd love. I do love me some comic books, you know, wonderful for presenting different perspectives and using comic book characters to, mm-hmm. you know, talk about the truths in the world and all that good thing. Um, but two, I did. There, there's a there's a huge part of me that, in addition to just being a fan, um, felt that it was important to support this particular movie, not just because of the the cast, mm-hmm. um, because there have been plenty of movies with an outstanding cast that is predominant predominantly um, African American. Uh, there there have been tons of movies, um, especially recently, right? Um, we, we've had a, a, a really big um, push for that. But I think this movie in particular, it was a combination of the cast, um, the director, and, and what appeared to be a lot of leeway that Marvel gave. It's to the point to this cast. for me, like I almost... I. Not almost. I kind of forgot that I was actually watching a Marvel movie. Because you know when you watch well, Marvel yeah. movies, you're kind of like looking for clues of mm-hmm. the movie before. And you're trying mm-hmm. to put, make connections. This one was just really like just a movie it's experience movie. for me. Like I was not sitting there thinking about... Looking for all the little Easter eggs. Exactly. Yeah, it no. wasn't until the end where we were like, wait. And I'm not going to ruin it for those who have not seen the movie yet. Although I... I will ruin it. <laughs> Although at this point, if you haven't seen it, then you deserve to have it ruined. I am dropping all the spoilers. <laughs> King T'Challa is not dead at the point I'm where you sorry. think he is. <laughs> Do better. But, but yeah, it's like not until the end of the movie. You're like, oh, wait, that's right. This is a Marvel movie. Marvel. And that's why. Because at first I was like, what? What is this dude doing here? Like, what is this colonizer doing here? Right? <laughs> colonizer. <laughs> Um, no, it's, it's it's so it's so much more than that. But I think if you know if we're going back to our central theme of you know women's um, women's history month and women's empowerment and the importance of recognition, then um, I, I would like to focus on the portrayal of women in this movie. I mean, there there are so many things and so and we've already seen the think pieces and and all of the articles. So there are a lot of things to unpack about this movie, but I think the portrayal of women and specifically women of color um in this film is um just amazing, which is uh, such an overused word, but um one of the things that I walked away with when I um was rethinking about all the parts of the movie is there were so few ass and boob shots i'm sorry am i allowed to curse it's yes too late. yes okay. we, we we can all right also the, the, not- those words are are okay okay now we get you know dropping f-bombs, f-bombs is another okay. story okay. but we can I'll, do that no f-bombs got it um there were a lot you know in in a lot of even even the the superhero movies that are supposed to be better you have these um gratuitous boob shots mm-hmm. uh, and these you know they're they're not usually for a good reason i mean even in if you know as we're sitting here talking about giving marvel credit i mean marvel has completely underutilized scarlett johansson's character in all of the adventures mm-hmm. movies right and when she is utilized she's in the the one piece black suit with the yeah. boobs out uh, and she's not really doing anything of substance so so the the realization that there wasn't this huge focus on their bodies um, and they were all so multidimensional and nuanced and, you know, just I, I, I can 
it was just amazing. Well, just the fact that the military was like made all up of all women. women. And what I what I also appreciated was the portrayal of women of darker mm-hmm. hues. A lot of times when we, you know, see movies that portray African Americans mm-hmm. or black people in general, you know, colorism like, is yeah, real. Colorism mm-hmm. is colorism is usually an issue. It's mm-hmm. usually like the, the prettiest girl, mm-hmm. quote unquote, is always the lightest girl who has right. more, you know, European mm-hmm. um or what they call non black features, right? Right. Whatever the 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 you know, the the acceptable to the colonizer. Yes. <laughs> colonizer. Thank you, thank you. Colonizer, uh, the imperialist. Yeah, no, the, the whatever is you know more European. Yeah, for whatever that means. Um, and I don't want to uh, assail anybody. But we we know that the types of people who are able to, the types of women who, or black women who are able to rise up in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, right. There's not there's not that many Fantasias. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot more of other women, and and so you're right. Like the these were all. You know, no question about it, no ambiguity, no question about, you know, mixed race or good hair. Like these were all. They had no hair, actually. They had no hair. hair. (laughs) And one of the things I um, I watched an interview that Lupita did um, and something it was something that I hadn't I hadn't necessarily noticed about the movie and this is why i think people are seeing it so many times mm-hmm. because every time you watch it you you notice something else the first time you're just paying attention to the story mm-hmm. um every other time you're like oh yeah that too um so lupita was was i think it was on the view or something one of those, those people. yes i think i, I think yeah. i know what you're talking about but go ahead. and she talked about the fact that women in wakanda do not straighten the hair and it's because of the fact that Wakanda has been so isolated that they've never been infected with these Eurocentric standards of beauty. Mm-hmm. They don't need to do that because they haven't been, they haven't had that injected into their communities. Yeah. They wear their hair the way that it grows out of their heads. Or if you're Angela Bassett in all of a sudden silver dreads, but that's cool. <laughs> Uh, she could have worked on that a little bit, but you know, listen, every movie has their flaws, right? It, it was just it threw me off a little bit. I wasn't I wasn't prepared. Once I got used to it, I was like, okay, cool. But it, it was she wore like the, the the headdress the whole movie, yeah. and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, cool. That's what was under there. No, so so yeah, the 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 ability to you know dig a little deeper into the issues that have permeated um african american women or black women or whatever term you want to use like and you can't talk about african american women without talking about hair yeah but uh, i did like the fact that it chose to portray wakanda being a you know within a- the continent of africa mm-hmm. as you know, it portrayed the women as um, strong women, right? Strong leaders. Women. Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes when people think of um, women in, you know, different countries or mm-hmm. what some dare to say, like third world countries mm. or impoverished countries, it, they have like this more like subservient um um, in, like the woman is more like subservient, right? Mm-hmm. Like the man is is the is the king of the of the castle, mm-hmm. the hut, the country, you know, the 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 the, the section or mm-hmm. whatever, the tribe. And women are more so like you know you're there as the help meet as opposed to the actual leader of the tribe. Right, it's like the hunter gatherer theory. Yeah. Right? So I feel like a lot of times when people think about Africa and 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 just the roles of women and men, mm-hmm. they don't they don't think of women being in such powerful, Power powerful roles. Like, it's like, like the entire army, entire army. was military. And but I, I think wanna, that... I'm going to unpack something you said because it, it's so important to me. You said they're they're strong, but what I think is, is almost an additional importance that not only are they strong women, they are also vulnerable in a lot of ways. I think too often when we're looking at portrayals of black women, they are, you know... When, when they're quote unquote good black women in the story, right? They are super strong. Nothing breaks them. Mm-hmm. And they're, they don't show emotion and they don't cry. And no, they are strong black women and they have no vulnerabilities. <laughs> and it's like, um, excuse me, black women feel pain too. Um, so I think it's, 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 it's the strength coupled with that vulnerability, right? Like the general who's, I apologize, name I am forgetting right now, but the, the, 
and I don't think it could have been explored a lot more in the movie, but you know, there's only so much time, but the, the, the sort of focus on the fact that she was choosing between love and duty. Mm hmm. Right. She is an exceptionally strong woman. I think at one point in the movie, they say she's the best general that they've ever had or mm-hmm. the most decorated general that they've ever had. So she is without a doubt the strongest woman, as far as we can tell, in this in this country. But she's also a lover. Mm-hmm. She has, at least as far as we know, right? You know, we don't know the, the extent of their relationship, if they're married or whatever. But she is a lover. Um, and when asked to choose, you know, I think you you see that inner struggle or that internal struggle of, you know, love versus honor and strength versus vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we can talk about the strength without talking about how they're allowed to be softer, mm-hmm. um, which is not, sadly, not always seen as either black women are, are super strong and, you know, back straight and they do what have to be done or they're crackheads. Um, <laughs> like it's like there's no in between. Um, so I, I loved, I loved that. The other thing, um, take a step away from the general is, uh, baby sister Shuri. Yes. I was going to get on to um, that. The new, um, version of what it means to be a Disney princess is funny and adorable, but she's also a friggin' genius. And super smart, super like super technical. Smart. Super scientific. And she's I, supposed to be a teenager and she basically deals with all of the tech in Wakanda. I mean, what nerd moment? I saw something that, that questioned whether or not this made her smarter than Tony Stark. And so now I'm really excited mm, for those two characters. That's true. I wonder how that meet. might play play out mm-hmm. at a, on a later I can't, Marvel. I know. I'm like, I'm ready for her to meet Tony. Um, especially because... They're they're similar in that you know sort of the, the genius uh, mold, um, you know they're, they're they're funny and they're sarcastic and they don't really care about um, formality, <laughs> right? She like interrupts the mm-hmm. the, the most sacred <laughs> um, <laughs> ceremony to make a joke. But I I, I am and I, I don't I don't have um, children yet. I, to be clear, this is not an announcement that I'm pregnant. If mother, if you're listening. <laughs> I've been drinking tonight. Um, but the 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 idea that, you know, Disney princesses, I, I grew up with Cinderella mm-hmm. and Belle. And then it got it got better. We got Pocahontas and Mulan, especially Mulan, that's my boo. Um but they were those women were or those characters, those princesses. Um their strength was either in their physical ability, mm-hmm. if you're Mulan, um, or in their station, mm-hmm. if you're Pocahontas, um, or in, and I wouldn't say intelligence, I would say more in their wit, right? Like Belle figured things out, mm-hmm. right? She was, but Shuri is a literal um, STEM genius. Like you can't make that up. But I liked how they chose to, again, make... A woman, mm-hmm. right? The the STEM genius, yeah. the architectural genius, mm-hmm. the scientific guru. She's a leader in her a, community, as opposed to you know one of the other men in or the backup. Yeah, exactly. Like she wasn't anybody's like support staff or assistant or no, anything like that. No, and I don't think uh, I'm going back to the movie. I don't think at any point. I can't remember a point where you saw her in the lab working with other people. No, it was her thing. Like it was her lab. Like she ran everything. She knew everything. Mm -hmm. There was no, she didn't have like, you know, co-counsel or (laughs) a sous chef. (laughs) She didn't have any assistance. No. And, and that's, I mean, it, if we, if we talk about, um, what kind of messages, uh, media, sends to women and to young women and to girls growing up. I mean, all of those extremely subtle messages are there. I mean, that tells you, you can be smart. You can be funny. You don't have to always follow the rules. And you can be the leader in your community in one way or another. Well, for me, what I took from that too, everything that you said, I totally agree with. But I also find that 
the message was sent to little brown girls, little black girls, mm-hmm. actually. So not like just little brown girls, but mm-hmm. actual black girls who mm-hmm. were like, wait, sh- her, she has braids. Mm-hmm. She's dark skinned, just like I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like people who look like me can actually do, can these, do these things. things. Um, it's awesome. It makes me feel a little bit like it. it it bookends for me um, hidden figures, right? Like hidden mm-hmm. figures is like the past. Shuri is the future. Yeah. Um, like you can, you know, the idea that you can point to a movie and say, "This is what I want to be," and you're not you're not limited to any of the the stereotypes that that push through in, in black households of of athlete or entertainer or civil servant. Yeah, I think it definitely. I think they definitely did a really great job at one portraying women right mm-hmm. in um, strong roles and positive roles, mm-hmm. roles that are usually predominantly reserved for men. Mm-hmm. Um, with the you know with the army with mm-hmm. the scientific guru, yep. um, but I also really like the fact that they really focused on and they casted women who were dark brown. Yep. And because a lot of times, you know, women of color or black women in general, like if you're light skin, you see, you know, all of the entertainers, all the stars, Mm -hmm. all of the celebrities, Uh all of the, you know, whatever, you know, um, important, Mm -hmm. you know, people or whatever, you see them looking like you, I know, I'm trying to think of a name that won't get us sued. Put all the names I'm this thinking. This is the last time I, I I do a podcast with your ass in here talking about who who can we get sued for? Okay, um, somebody has to think of the legal implications. Um, no, but you you are right, and and when we talk about these these portrayals of 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 the women who succeed or the black women who succeed in in entertainment. It's not a secret that there are more talented women. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, well, it's, it's just like Viola Davis, right? Viola Davis say, like came out of nowhere. I like I, say, but really, she been here. She's been around, but she's been around. I but, mean, in a sense, though, it's like she came out of nowhere mm-hmm. because nobody knew who the hell she was before mm-hmm. How to Get Away with Murder, really. And here she was doing amazing, amazing in in some of these roles, both on screen and on stage, but she wasn't necessarily being noticed because of her color. Yeah. Um, slash there seems, or not there seems, there is, because we can identify it, um, a trend that even when you are employing multiple um, black people or black women in a, a movie, the women of darker shades get relegated to specific types of roles. Yeah, they're the maids mm-hmm. or they're the help. The invisible not, yeah. the help. I see what you did there. Not it's a pun, not a double entendre. Whatever. Thank you. Um no, but they, they are relegated to the more negative roles. Um mm-hmm. you know, they don't get to be the standout star. They don't get to be the breakout. Um, they're the invisible characters, the women in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. It, it's and it, it's it's again. I I think there's this. I cannot wait to see all of the college courses. I'm sure it's going to start with Harvard. Um, that focus purely on this. <laughs> on or it this might be Howard. Film. I don't know. It might be I mean, Howard. I hope so. Go ahead, Howard. Um, if you do it, we will set up the course. <laughs> I will willingly For teach a fee. you. For a fee. Obviously, I'm trying to become a professor at, Ho- at Howard. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, because you're sitting uh, there offering services. I want to make it clear for a fee. You can't just throw that right out the bat. You got to reel them in first. What I've decided to do in 2018 <laughs> is to be intentional <laughs> from the uh, get-go. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yes, the the, um, the there's so many things. I mean, think about how supportive... And yet, independent Lupita's character is. <laughs> like, that is she true. Is not, that is true. She's like, yeah, you're king, and yeah, you're cute and all, but like, I gotta go save women and girls being a spy. Like, I'd love to. I'd love to come be your queen, but I have more important things to do. Sorry. Like, think about that. Like, when? When does that happen? 
Almost never. Never, right? You always have these portrayals. And and we have seen we've seen like literal like um I'm thinking I can't remember the name of that like Julia Stiles movie where she like <laughs> accidentally like doesn't realize she meets a prince in college and then they go away and she marries uh, so yes. ridiculous, right? Like I love Julia Stiles. I know she's not black, but you know what I mean. Are uh, we gonna get sued because you mentioned her name? No, don't nobody be listening to her like don't nobody watch Holly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Julia Stiles. <laughs> save the last dance we still love you um (laughs) often in in stories especially when we're talking about royalty or a man in power uh the women is expected to you know don't just fall in love with him yeah give up everything sacrifice leave their families leave their children right he's a king why wouldn't you what do you mean you have career aspirations and goals this is a king literally offering you a queendom Mm -hmm. And yet you have this portrayal of a woman who's like, no, there are important things that I want to do in my community. And being your queen is actually not enough. But you know what I liked about, um, I guess, how it played out at the end, right? Mm -hmm. Was that at the end of the day, she stood her ground Mm -hmm. for what it is that she wanted. And he was like, you know what? I think I found a way for you to still be able to do what you want to do, what you right. want to love and he still was, stay here. He is the man was forced to accommodate her and it, was forced to adjust to her needs. But, you know, we also saw that mm-hmm. when the general, mm-hmm. the you know, rhino, also <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> when the general, the war ends, go ha- see the movie, had like the, what is it? The confrontation mm-hmm. with her lover. Mm-hmm. In which, you know, it was like, are you going to kill me? She was like, I do what I got to do. She pulled out that knife. And let me tell you, homeboy. That was paraphrasing. Homeboy got on his knees and was just like, yo, you got it. You got it. She was like, I will do what I have to do. Which, again, is, is so unusual because usually it's like... You know, you have a woman in a story. And of course, you know, I, I'm not going to shit on rom-coms because I love them. Okay. But um, how often did, does a rom-com start out with a woman who's so dedicated to her career? And when she says rom-com, she's talking about romantic comedies. This Everybody, is what millennials do okay. now. First, first of all, of all rom-com every- existed before millennials. First okay? of all. Meg Ryan was the queen of rom-coms. And she was around in like rom-com the rom-com is what I'm trying to say, though? Everybody. You're saying rom-com. I understand because I put two and two together. Everybody knows what However, somebody who's listening might be like, what is she talking about? If you don't know what rom-coms are, rom-coms, change your life and Google it. And then go watch Sleepless in Seattle. Everyone or is you've romantic comedy. Let's just romantic oh comedy. I think Millennials you, I always want to shorten up everything. You always want to shorten up everything. I think you're being real, really rude to your listeners and assuming that they don't know. You know what we call that? We call that bias. Mm. I said it. Yeah. Do Spoken better. like a true millennial. <laughs> Anywho. Anyway, what I was saying, <laughs> I don't remember what I was you saying. You were talking about rom-coms. I was talking about rom-coms. Thank you. Yeah. So, so often in rom-coms, which I right know they are, um, <laughs> you have the, the, the female character starts the movie as being super dedicated to her job. And that is always twisted and turned into a negative it's never explicitly said, but you know, she's she works so late that she goes home and all she does is have a, a microwave dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like, she cuddles up in her she flannel. Cuddles, yes, she flannel cuddles up outfit. in her flannel, you know. She just she just laments about how sad her life is without a man to fulfill her. And halfway through the movie, she meets a beautiful man, you know, like Matthew McConaughey or somebody. Um, and all of a sudden, he helps her see the error of her ways and how she needs to take some time off from work. And she shouldn't only focus on work. And by the end of the movie, she's quit her job and married her man. And everybody lives happily ever Everyone's after. Happy. Uh, and this, this, the Lupita's character flipped that on his head. It's like, no, I completely understand that you're offering me everything. But this is what I want to do. So if you want to be with me, I'm not going to cut back. You figure out a way to make it happen for me. And I feel like that that was a positive, positive message to send. Because I feel like, especially within the Black community, when it comes to women and, um, you know, whether you're educated or or uneducated, really, I feel like this goes across the board. A lot of times we as women, because of our upbringings, what we've seen, what we've experienced, we feel like we have no, like in order for us to ever get to that place of bliss, right? Mm -hmm. We have to 
Um, you know, we make have to accept. Small. Yeah, we have to accept certain things. Mm-hmm. We have to, like, like you said, make ourselves small, and we're afraid to ever really stand out on our own. And mm-hmm. we're afraid to make demands. We're afraid to actually request what we deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're like, if we do that, that, you know, the man's not gonna take us. We're gonna be alone forever. So instead, we and acquiesce. That's, that's, that's what we're, and that's that's the message that's taught to women. Is. Yeah, and so it's interesting how you know there's just so many so many uh, themes, right? Like there's this movie, but then like when you really look into it, when you really dissect it, mm-hmm. it's like it's sending all these different messages, all these positive messages yep. that you know. I think some people like for me when I first. I only saw it once, but when I saw it, I was like, you know, into the movie. But now sitting back and like reflecting on the different scenes and the different things that I saw. And I'm like, wow, like this is actually a message here. Like it's actually, it's like any negative black stereotype has been turned around in that movie. Completely turned around. Like if if we want to talk about turning around black stereotypes with the the scene where um, the general... Is 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 in disguise with the wig, and that 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 one scene where she like throws the wig off, and like it, it seems like it, you know when you first look at it, it's like it's such a nothing moment. Like all right, mm-hmm. whatever. She she doesn't like to have hair, but like when you think about the message that it's sending, especially in the you know in the black community when we're talking about weaves and and the impact that our hair can have on how we live our lives, and her tossing that off in that one moment, and and sort of um, physically tossing off, but also uh, it. It, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, uh, whatever. Literally tossing it off, but also the opposite of literally. I told you I, told you I had a lot to drink tonight. Um, you know, shedding mm-hmm. that idea that it's something that she needs, that it's something that she relies on. I mean, it's there are so. This is what I'm saying. Um, universities of the world, an entire course can be taught. On this movie and the impact of it, you can spend so many hours, and we're we're, right now we're really just talking about the portrayal of women. Really, yeah, Yeah, we're just touching the surface. Right, we we could talk about so much more. I mean, we could talk about you know whether or not Killmonger is actually a villain. Spoiler: He's not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's just a broken boy from Oakland. Compton, do better. Is oh did you not watch? It's definitely Compton. Okay, I believe it was Oakland. Okay, Michael Bay Jordan maybe from Oakland, but Killmonger <laughs> was from Compton. I feel like it said Oakland, like when they gave the little you know Oakland nineteen eighty whatever in the beginning. I think you I need may to be go- making it. Up. I think you're making it up, sister. I was paying attention. You whatever. see, in my sober, head, in my sober head, the- on the juice. Whatever, sober on the juice. In my head, when I saw whatever place it was, my first thought was like. So why couldn't it have been in Brooklyn? I'm just saying we got hard knock streets out here. But um, everybody know Oakland. Everybody know Bay that. Area is a little bit, you know. I don't know what that means. You know, I'm from mm. Brooklyn. I'm geographically limited. We uh, watched enough movies though. I've never been to Oakland, and I know, I know <laughs> what it. Oakland's about. I know somewhere in California. No, but we we could spend. There are so many different you know discussions to have about it. You know the 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 ability of of the. Um, director and the um, the professionals who worked on this movie to utilize and to mix in different cultures within the African continent and different tribes and, and make them work seamlessly. Um, you know, we can talk about the positioning and the use of the few non-Black characters and how for once they were the people who were only utilized as a way to tell the stories of the black characters. Like, how nice was that? Um, you know, I, I could go on and on and on and on. I mean, we could talk about the, you know, who's who's right? Is 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 King T'Challa, you know, in, in, in the you know, in the beginning of the movie, you know, is he is he right or wrong when he feels like, you know, Wakanda has to protect itself? You know, these are there's def- so yeah, there's a lot of many di- there's a lot of different topics, topics of discussion um, that can come out from this you know, one movie. And I feel like, you know, I think that at some point we'll probably do another episode. Um, oh my God, you know what we should talk. do? We should do like a two and a half hour episode where okay. the movie is we're gonna, playing we're and we're just... We're, we're going to stop right we're now. Just, we're, we're like giving the director's <laughs> cut of the movie. I'm just saying. 
Hello, ideas. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> because I'm not trying to blow your spot up on this podcast, uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you continue with that. Thank but you. to reel everything in a little bit, as we are at the 35 minute mark. 35. Um. Yeah, I think in the spirit of Women's History Month, mm-hmm. um, I feel like having a conversation. Um, about the movie Black Panther and yeah. like you said, the portrayal of women. And I, for me, you know, and yes. we didn't even get to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we didn't even get to the fashion and the way that the fashion would e- was utilized to tell this story, that this sort of futuristic African-based, amazing, like we didn't even, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. the movie definitely had a lot of different, um, a lot of themes, a lot of lessons, a lot of points that I feel like we'll probably be talking about for years to come. Until the next one comes out. You hear that, Marvel? We will go see another one. <laughs> well, I mean, based on the uh, the amount of money they made in two weeks, I feel like they would be, I don't know, crazy to not try to do some sort of I feel like that too, but or something. it's hard not to, and you know, here, here's a spoiler. I don't trust large corporations. Um, it, it's hard not to be skeptical, skeptical because this is not the first time that women and people of color have demonstrated that if you pay attention, if to, you us. Pay attention to us, <laughs> we will show out. Mm-hmm. If you give us represent representation on screen, we will put it back in your pocket. Yeah. Like this is not this is this is probably you know this is likely one of the bigger examples. Mm-hmm. But women and people of color in 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 positions of you know directors or or producers or cast they've been demonstrating that. And so I I I hesitate to get overconfident um about that realization. I mean, I think it's way past time. To put two and two together, and and we have a lot of good things coming up. You know, A Wrinkle in Time is is another uh, movie that I'm excited about with Ava and Oprah and Mindy and um, the super sweet little girl who plays the main character. Um, so I, I hope, I, I really do hope that movie uh, runners and and all the bigwigs start paying attention. But I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment. I'm gonna wait and see. Unfortunately, because we've been. We've been disappointed in the past. No, I mean, I totally agree. I think we have been disappointed in the past, but I feel like, I mean, I'm probably one of the most skeptical people you'll ever meet, but I do feel like this actual, I I see upward mobility with this. And the reason is because, you know, we're seeing this um, boom, right? I mean, there's always been successful black actors and actresses, Mm -hmm. screenplay writers or whatever. Denzel. But I feel feel like there's like a big boom now, you know, of, (laughs) of, you know, of um, just this new generation, right? We have, we have Issa Rae, we have all of these. Issa, um, Ava DuVernay. We have, Mm -hmm. I mean, we eat Viola Davis, Mm -hmm. so she's, you know, she's obviously a little older and she started her, I don't know that she started her career older, but she's getting recognized. Older. Much older than Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, people who started out from like, God knows when, Like Meryl Streep. Sorry, there's also <laughs> if 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 the listeners haven't seen it, um, Viola Davis gives a really that, yeah. amazing talk where you know she says people like to call her the, the Meryl, Meryl the Street. Black Meryl Street, but they don't want to pay her. Yeah, like she's Meryl like, Street. Pay me what what I'm worth. I remember seeing that. Um, yes. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Yes, you do actually, but it's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. But yeah, no, I mean just to kind of like you know um, wrap things up a little bit with respect to. Um, your last statement about being skeptical. Yeah, I totally understand. We've been disappointed on so many, so many different occasions, but I do feel like we're in this era. We're in this, like, I don't know. There's like this, it's like a new season in a sense. And there's just like spirit of wokeness Mm -hmm. that I think, you know, we're not going to allow ourselves to be disappointed. Maybe before it happened and we just accepted it. But I think that where we are now, I feel like the culture will not accept 
a disappointment. That's that's the feeling and the sentiment I get mm -hmm. just from, you know, seeing what's going on, seeing the types of people that are emerging mm -hmm. um, into this, you know, realm of media and, and, and playwriting. So I, I feel actually a little hopeful that things are are going to be, you know, going um, you trending know, upwards, trending upwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trending upwards and that we're not necessarily going to regress and then have this whole you know, they played us moment. You see what I'm saying? I think that mm -hmm. I feel like um, white people have always recognized the power of black people. I think they've always seen it. So it's not like, oh, they're now discovering mm -hmm. it. I think it was just more so a tactic of oppression, which is why they didn't allow us to succeed. But I feel like now that a lot of us have kind of taken over, like, I mean, in the last three years how mm -hmm. many black entrepreneurs have emerged mm -hmm. you know what i mean how many black owned businesses how many people uh how many black people are taking you know control of not just their lives mm -hmm. but industries and if things are not created there they've been innovative enough to create their own path to create their own paths but it but i mean even while we say that black people and black women are still super 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 underutilized in a they lot are. of areas so it's like it, you know it's almost like it, the progress has been made, but I'm tired of, of measuring it inch by inch. I want to start me being able to measure it by feet. But that's what I, but that's why I'm saying. I think that that's the era we're, we're, we're in right now. I don't think that we're allowing people to, in a sense, like tell us how far mm -hmm. we can go anymore. And if, if, if there is a limitation, then we're just going to create our own. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're now in that era where we're, you know, maybe it's because of the boom of technology and, you know, we it's have Netflix and <laughs> streaming services able to kind of like take more control because mm -hmm. we're in this era of technology which was you know not the case obviously mm -hmm. you know uh years ago um but i'm I, a millennial I, so i assume when you say years you mean like 10 years what was that like tell me more i'm sorry it's your uh, podcast i'm gonna let you have the last word i'm gonna stop talking now. on another episode we'll talk about <laughs> how i feel about you millennials <laughs> I just like to say that for the record, I'm pretty sure technically you fall into the millennial camp. I also this time I really am not gonna talk anymore. I technically do fall into the millennial camp, but it's very, very clear that I am not a millennial in terms of um how I live my life. There is clearly a distinction, although Wikipedia says that I fall into the category. I I I'll just reserve I'll reserve the comments about my millennialness for another episode. But to wrap this episode up, this is what episode four. Yes, episode four of season two. Um, I think it was definitely a great conversation, um, a great way to open up Women's History Month, and. I really just wanted to talk about Black Panther <laughs> as well too. So. Basically, like let's pretend it's about History Month. Let, really, yeah. Like let's let's really let's 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 just really say the truth here. I really want to talk about Black Panther and then just how it definitely I think um, is this positive marker, right, mm -hmm. um, within the Black community. Um, I don't think I've seen so many people get riled up and get, you know, on the same page for anything in a, in a long, in a long time, really, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just think that it was definitely positive. And I really hope that, you know, there are more movies like this. And I think there will be, I feel like this has inspired people to really, you know, move forward and to really just, you know, just create right without, worrying about limitations that might be placed on them um and i feel like the community in and of itself um is there to be supportive as well too so it's not like before where it's like all right you have an idea you have a dream great but now it's like wow we know we're going to be here we're going to be here to support you to make sure that this actually moves forward and you know I don't know. I just feel like I just I just feel a little more positive about the way the community interacts with each other nowadays. I feel like um, this is just only the beginning. Um, Black Panther was just, you know, a piece. And I feel like moving forward, we're going to see more and more and more of this type of, um, of these types of works and this type of collaboration. So I said all that to say this. <laughs> 
happy Women's History Month. Thank mm-hmm. you, Julissa. Thank for, you for um, having me. Being on the podcast. I feel like we're a little mellow today. I'm super chill. I it think was, it's because... It was the red wine. Well, I'm tired. You're drunk. I'm not drunk. <laughs> I'm an adult. I don't get drunk. Um, but yeah, Drunk no, free but since 93. We, I have to capitalize on the fact that you're actually live and in color and, you know, live and, and in person. I made it to these New York City and streets. made it to the mean streets out here in this rain. Um, so, yeah. So, although I'm very mellow, we were very mellow. I think the points that we made... Um, we're well made. Mm-hmm. I think we highlight a lot of important things, and you know, hopefully, the next time you come to uh, Brooklyn, it'll be during decent hours, <laughs> where coffee has not worn off. Yes, <laughs> next time, and we'll have better conversation. Well, no, not better. Con- this is a good conversation, but m- much more livelier conversation. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. So. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into episode four of season two, Frida's World Podcast. For those of you who are on Apple, especially SoundCloud, Stitcher, please, 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 please um, like us, subscribe, comment, rate us um, in order for us to get on the top of the charts. We need the ratings and we need the comments. Um, So definitely um, share with your friends. Um, if you are on social media platforms, we are Frida Women NYC, F-R-E-E-D-A Women NYC on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And last but not least, take a trip onto our website, www.fridawomennyc.com, where you can shop the latest accessories and also take a look into our social uh, impact initiatives and read our weekly blogs. This month, since it's Women's History Month, we'll probably have some very like feature focused um, blogs on um, blog articles rather on um I don't know. What, what are we talking about this month, Julissa? What do we want to talk about this month on the blogs? What are you talking about? Okay, you're taking too long. <laughs> you're taking I was too pause. Long. I was actually pausing specifically for dramatic effects. Um, this month we're going to be talking about a lot of really interesting things. Obviously, it's Women's History Month, so there's going to be a a big um, bend towards talking about things that involve women's empowerment, things that are focused specifically on women, um, because the it, that's a, a huge part of the Frida brand. Yeah, is um, you know the the position um, that we are in as women, as professional women, as women of color. Um, so as you've seen in the other episodes, that's going to be a focus, um, you know, getting, you know, some awesome, awesome guests um, who can really give their perspective. So sorry, guys, not you. <laughs> so basically what Julissa is saying is that uh, there will be no male guests this month on Frida, on Frida's podcast, Frida's not World today. podcast. And we will not be talking about you in our blog post on FridaWomenNYC.com. Is that correct? Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Either way, guys, thanks for bearing with us on this episode. We look forward to speaking with you. Well, not Jaleesa, but I look forward to speaking with you (laughs) next week. Bye. Bye.